It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast here on the All-Star Game Tuesday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. Real quick, I want to recap the Home Run Derby here in just a moment, and then I want to look at the two Reds All-Stars in tonight's game. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, also on the Himalaya podcasting app with their personally curated playlists. It's a great app for expanding your podcasting library. Check that out. Then also hit us up on Twitter, at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then hit us up, LockedOnReds.com for even more content. And give us a call on the LockedOnReds line, 513-549-0159. With tonight's performances, hopefully we get to see both Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. Maybe we'll get some reaction from you. Give us a call on the Lockdown Reds line and let us know what you thought. But real quick, let's talk about Monday night. If you didn't get the chance to watch the Home Run Derby, boy, you missed out. That was a fantastic competition, really fun to watch. And I know there's a lot of people complaining about the format. You're never going to find a perfect format, but I think they found a really good format. I love the timed rounds for each player. And then, of course, the thriller that was the semifinal between Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Jack Peterson that went so far that not only did they have to do a swing-off, they had to do two swing-offs. Just absolutely phenomenal. Had a blast watching it. Just kind of sucked that the guy who hit 91 home runs in one home run derby, being Vlad Guerrero Jr., did not win. Pete Alonzo from the New York Mets ended up taking the crown. But it was nice to see. Because they announced that they were going to pay the winner a million dollars this year. And it was cool to see a final of two rookies 
two guys who aren't making a million dollars this year. So that was a huge game changer for Pete Alonso, at least in the uh, bank department. Now, that's not to say that here in a couple of years he's probably going to sign a deal that's bank changing, but whatevs. Still great to watch, great fun to watch. They're up in Cleveland, and it was just back and forth all around. Fantastic time. And really, that kind of begs the question. Do you believe that the Home Run Derby is better than the All-Star Game? Because I do. Watching the Home Run Derby, in fact, 2015, go back then. I mean, I tweeted about this, about being a homer and thinking that 2015 is going to top whatever Home Run Derby happens from here on out. Just because I had the chance, I was there, I got to watch Todd Frazier win, that was a phenomenal night. But I don't even remember what happened in the All-Star Game that year. Couldn't tell you. Didn't know. I don't know if the American League won or if the National League won, but I can tell you every single detail about that home run derby in 2015. And I bet in a couple of years, whenever we look back on the 2019 All-Star break, more people will remember the home run derby than will the All-Star game. Heck, give me a call. Let me know what you think about that at the Lockdown Reds line at 513-549-0159. I think the home run derby is better than the All-Star game. That's just how I feel. Maybe you feel differently. I don't know. But that was the recap of the Home Run Derby. Let's take a look at tonight's game. Because the All-Star game, you've got Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray both making the team for the National League. And I had a question this last week to see what, what you, the listener, thought. How important it is for a Red to be an All-Star. And, and in and of itself, obviously, I think you would say that you would like to see a red be an all-star. But at the same time, I'm asking it from the point of view of currently every single team gets an all-star. Even the Orioles, even the Marlins, even the Mariners, the teams that are just awful still get an all-star. And I think that's weird. I think it's weird that you just get at least one. Maybe you don't have a deserving player. Not every team has a guy that is just killing it. Now, it's not to say every team has to have a Cody Bellinger or a Christian Yelich. That's just silly. Those guys are MVP candidates. But even looking at the Reds, if if you had last year's pitching staff and this year's lineup, who's an all-star? There's none that deserve it, but one of them would have gotten it. I just think that's weird, but... Anyway, that was the question from last week. And looking at this year, seeing Castillo and Sonny Gray in the game, I I think, you know, preseason we talked about these two guys as being the two guys to pitch opening day maybe. And Castillo obviously got the nod. And I I thought that Castillo looks like an ace. He or looked like an ace back in the preseason. And he sure <laughs> looks like one now. Going into the All-Star break with a 2.29 ERA. That is a phenomenal number, especially when you consider when he went into the All-Star break last year, he had a 5.49 ERA. Now, sure, he had a really terrible April, and that really set him up for a tough season in the ERA department. But to improve by 3.2 runs... That is just amazing. And I even tweeted out, you know, he improved that way. He also had 90 
six strikeouts at the All-Star break in 2018, 124 strikeouts this year. He is absolutely phenomenal. And actually, there was a quote from Alex Bregman whenever they were interviewing all the All-Stars on, uh, I believe it was Monday, for press day and all that different stuff. And Alex Bregman from the Astros said that Luis Castillo is a superstar right now. Like most people kind of overlook him because he pitches in Cincinnati and that's the national sentiment of him. In fact, most national, you know, baseball fans outside of Cincinnati, the thing that they know about Luis Castillo is some crackpot New York reporter thought that the Yankees were going to try and trade for him. Yeah, right, that ain't happening. But that's what they know. What they don't know is he is a phenomenal pitcher. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast, you're a Reds fan, you know Luis Castillo is a phenomenal pitcher. But I was looking on fan graphs, and according to fan graphs, of all of the qualified starting pitchers in Major League Baseball, Luis Castillo has allowed the least amount of contact. Less than 70% of his pitches have hit bats. And that's that's including foul balls and, you know, general just, just hitting the bat, period, at all. Less than 70% of his pitches have been touched by a bat. That's the best in the major leagues. Better than Max Scherzer, who basically leads the world and everything else. But that was phenomenal to see. A testament to him, because a lot of people will point to his walk rate. A lot of people will say, well, you know, he does allow a lot of bases on balls. And, of course, Tom Brenneman on the Fox Sports Ohio broadcast will just disparage every single walk and make it seem as though the ship is sinking. And then Luis Castillo rolls up his sleeve and he's like, hey, I got this, bud. Don't worry. Because he's that good. Real quick, I'm going to take a break. We're going to come back, come right back, talk about Sonny Gray. And then I also want to play a little bit of a game like I'm a general manager. Definitely not a general manager, but we'll just pretend for today's podcast. But real quick, want to thank Hotels.com for sponsoring today's podcast. Stop hate liking your friend's vacation. Get one of your own. Great rates, great rewards. Hotels.com. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast on this All-Star Tuesday. In the first half, I talked about Luis Castillo. Also recapped the Home Run Derby, if you did not get a chance to see that. It was a thriller. And then I talked about Luis Castillo's first half of the season leading into tonight's All-Star game. Now I want to look at Sonny Gray. Because if you look at fan graphs, now if you look at baseball reference, Luis Castillo leads the Reds and wins above replacement. If you look at fan graphs, Sonny Gray leads the Reds and wins above replacement. Now, I don't know exactly the little permutations and calculations that are different between fan graphs and baseball reference, but this happens from time to time. There's slight differences. And according to fan graphs, it's a little bit in favor of Sonny Gray. Now, the reason that that could be is that the fielding independent pitching stat for Sonny Gray which says, you know, basically this is the pitcher's ERA if defense was not a factor. Sonny Gray's is actually a little bit better than Luis Castillo. And Sonny Gray currently sits at a 3.59 ERA, but his FIP, his fielding independent pitching, is 3.35. So only ever so slightly does that number show that he's getting a little bit unlucky. He is allowing 
not not more hits, but according to his BABIP, his batting average on balls in play. So whenever the opposing team puts a ball in play, he the batting average on those balls are 60 points higher than Luis Castillo. The BABIP for Sonny Gray is 289, while Luis Castillo's is 224. So again, pointing to a little bit less luck between Gray and Castillo. And these are sort of things that you can look at and say, well, that may mean slight regression for Luis Castillo in the second half and maybe slight improvement for Sonny Gray. That's not always true. Some some pitchers defy the peripherals and don't necessarily succumb to what they say. And, and Luis Castillo is definitely that type of guy because he strikes out so many batters. But Sonny Gray strikes out a lot too. In fact, he's striking out just over 10 per nine innings. The Reds have two bona fide starting pitchers who just get guys to swing and miss. I mean, both them. And then even if you look at the rest of the rotation between Tanner Rourke and Tyler Malley and Anthony DiSclefani, all of them average at least 23% strikeout percentage. It's phenomenal numbers for this rotation. So the fact that both Castillo and Sonny Gray made it, that's not a surprise. I know that it took Max Scherzer pulling out of the All-Star game for Sonny Gray to make it, but that doesn't mean that he didn't deserve it. Sonny Gray is right there in the top 20 in just about every pitching statistic, at least on the advanced side, according to Fangraphs, in the top 20 in Major League Baseball. So not only National League starters, but American League starters as well. Sonny Gray is ranked in the top 20 in most categories. And that's not because it's a fluke. He he reunited with his college coach, Derek Johnson. And Derek Johnson... You know, I mean, it's hard to say that half of the season really proves this, but Derek Johnson kind of fixed him. He was having a terrible year in New York last year. Just absolutely awful. Got relegated to the bullpen later on in the year as they approached the playoffs. And a lot of people were trying to, not not trying to quell enthusiasm, but they were trying to be realistic this offseason whenever the Reds traded for him. They're like, now hang on, guys. You're not getting your answer to pitching in Sonny Gray because think about why the Yankees are getting rid of him. But look at this. He's been awesome. I mean, his last start was absolutely phenomenal. I changed the theme song of the day's episode because of that. Because he pitched phenomenal. And that's what he's been this first half. And I'm looking for a lot more here in the second half. I mean, who knows? You know, we've always said... Luis Castillo is the ace. Maybe we got ace 1A and 1B with Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. And real quick, before we end today's podcast, got an idea from Dave Pemberton, one of the writers at LockdownReds.com, to kind of look at the Reds and play general manager for a minute. In the sense that, you know, we're coming up on the trade deadline. This is going to be probably, I mean... The Reds still have the ability to make a run, but outside of the Reds making a playoff run, this is the most interesting time of the season for the Reds. And we're going to play a quick game of extend or sell. Because there's been a lot of questions here lately when it comes to Yasiel Puig that have 
centered around whether he's going to be traded or signed, and then people kind of come up with a third option of, well, we'll just give him a qualifying offer. That makes total sense with Puig. I don't know how many other guys on this team who have expiring contracts that contracts that, that makes sense for, because last year, a qualifying offer was $17.9 million. And it'll probably go up a little bit this year. Went up a little bit last year from 2017. And what it is, a qualifying offer is determined by the average annual value of the top 125 contracts, the top 125 paid players. So, you know, maybe think about 18 and a half would probably be the qualifying offer for this year. So Puig, I would give that qualifying offer to. Now, whether I would extend or sell Puig, that is an, that's an easy answer. I'd extend him. Because right now, I don't know what kind of value you get in a trade. I don't know that you're bringing back a guy who can be impactful. Definitely not this year. Maybe not even next year. And I'm not trying to find a guy that I'm going to take a flyer on. This isn't the point in the rebuild to be finding flyers. This is the point in the rebuild where the rebuild is ending. And you need your guy. You need your glue. You need your Scott Rowland type guys. And if you're not getting that back in a trade, I'd be hard-pressed to take it. And I just don't think Puig is the kind of guy that's bringing that back. So I'd look to extend him. I'd look to extend Jose Iglesias. I really think that a two- or three-year deal makes total sense. The Reds don't have a clear-cut answer at shortstop right now. I know Jose Peraza played there last season, and he was only moved out of the shortstop spot whenever Scooter Jeanette got hurt. But Jose Iglesias has been a revelation, and I'm sure his bat probably has a bit of regression here in the second half. We've already seen it a little bit, because for the longest time it was above 300, his batting average. Now it's down to 282. But defensively, he is amazing. Marty Brenneman has said he's one of the best shortstops he's ever seen. And Marty Brenneman has seen some baseball. So I'd take that as, you know, just about as gospel as you could get. So I'd look to extend him. I'm not sure what kind of value you could get. but I mean, you could maybe get something. Maybe a little bit more than Puig just because he does offer a pretty halfway decent bat at a position that you don't see a lot of good bats at, but I I still don't think it's very much, so I'd look to extend him. A guy I'm looking to sell, and and this isn't going to be popular because, I mean, heck, I like the guy too, but Tanner Rourke, and it may not be that it's one a one-for-one deal or a one-for-a-package deal. I think you probably couple him together. Maybe you convince a team to take on Rysel Iglesias. And I know some people are like, oh, you can't, you, you, you can't trade the closer? Why would you trade the closer? Relief pitchers are the most volatile parts of any baseball team. They just are. And so if you, if you package together Rysel Iglesias and Tanner Rourke to a team that is looking for that extra leg up on the pitching side, you could, you could bring back a haul now. I would think, I mean, that's the kind of haul, and I don't know, that the Yankees have said that they've put a high price tag on Clint Frazier, but that's the kind of deal that you could probably get Clint Frazier for, Rysel Iglesias and Tanner Rourke. And I would do that deal, because Clint Frazier has shown that he's a good bat, and he's a good out, a decent outfield defender, and so you plug him into that outfield, and you've got yourself a long-term solution. 
for a controllable price. I'd go for that in a heartbeat. Another guy that I'd look to sell, I'm not sure what his value would be because right now he's probably seen as a flash in the pan, but I I would see what teams are offering for Derek Dietrich. And I know personality-wise he's been great. But if you've heard too many people talk about the Reds in these past couple of years, this is the same situation that we were talking about with Scooter Jeanette. And they haven't extended Scooter to this point. I don't think they will. They're not going to offer him a qualifying offer. That's way too much money to give to him, especially with the way that the second base market looked this past offseason. But I think that when it comes to Derek Dietrich, if you can get a decent offer for him, I would definitely explore that. Because you've got a guy in center field, in Nick Senzel, who has the ability to play an elite second base. Not just good, but elite. And if you can find yourself a center field option, someone to put out there and move Senzel into second base, that makes Dietrich a very attractive idea, at least to dangle in front of some teams, see what they give back. But that's just my thoughts on that. I'm not sure that there's anything to be gained from a trade of uh, David Hernandez or Jared Hughes at this point. I think they kind of are what they are they might be sweeteners in some kind of a trade deal, but I don't see them being a centerpiece of one. And I'm not sure you extend them either. You Maybe you let them go out into the free agent pool, and if it gets later on in the offseason, you're still looking for some middle relief help, then you look at those guys. But I think the late-inning guys are really starting to take shape with the Reds, and that's obviously Amir Garrett and Michael Lorenzen. And, you know, Robert Stevenson might be an outlier there, too. But I don't think that you need to really shell out to keep David Hernandez or Jared Hughes. That's that's just my take on that matter, though. That's going to do it for us here on the Tuesday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Hope you guys enjoy the All-Star game tonight. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Hit us up on Twitter at Locked on Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then give us a call on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. Tomorrow, I've got a Locked On Reds special. We're going to have Mike Martis on the show. He, uh, We will kind of be doing a mock interview as if I'm interviewing him to be the commissioner. If you have not checked out his piece on LockedOnReds.com about the changes that he would make if he were the commissioner of Major League Baseball, it's a really good read and worth your time. Definitely go check that out because that is what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. He's a Reds fan, lives in San Diego, a blogger and a writer. Looking forward to talking with him. It's going to be a good episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Also, if you have not checked it out, look up the Reds Alert podcast, and you can find it on all the many podcasting platforms with which Locked on Reds comes on. We have an all-star podcast episode on the Reds Alert podcast with the Reds Alert host, Stephen Offenbaker, Chad Dotson from Red Leg Nation Radio, Coop from the Hunt for Reds October podcast, and Wick Terrell from the Red Reporter podcast. All of us get together and just recap the first half of the season and give our expectations for the second half. If you have not already checked that out, please do so. That was an absolute blast to put together with those guys. A lot of great awesome personalities and great content creators and great minds 
for the Reds community, and you're not going to want to miss it. That's the Reds Alert Podcast All-Star Episode. For the Lockdown Reds Podcast, my name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 